You're listening to the Growing Up Rock Podcast with your hosts, Stephen Michael and Sonny Hollywood Pooney. All right, so finally, after waiting three years since my last cruise, I finally get to go on the Monsters of Rock cruise because it's going to be my 50th birthday and we're going to potty down. Steve, you in? I'm in for the 2019 Hollywood birthday celebration of the decade. Absolutely. I'm totally psyched. It's my very first Monsters of Rock cruise. And I cannot wait to celebrate with my partner in crime, Hollywood, but also with all these killer rock and roll bands and all these crazy rock fans, man. Yeah, it's going to be, it's about 3,000 people on this ship. And, you know, they all have one thing in common. They're only there really for the rock and roll. Now there's going to be a few like my wife, possibly your wife that are tag-alongs and just want to enjoy the experience and may not be totally into the music. That's fine. But the nice part about it is, if you think about it, no matter what band you see, you're never going to have all 3,000 people there. So you're probably looking at, even on the headliner night, 2,000 people. So everybody you see is a very, very intimate setting, which is really cool. Super, super cool. So let's tell people what we're here for and what we're all about. Because some people might be listening to the Grown Up Rock podcast for the first time. And we want to kind of give them a real quick overview of what this podcast is all about. If you're a new listener to Growing Up Rock podcast, we basically fly the flag for all things hard rock and metal, especially from the years where we were growing up in the late 70s, 80s, and 90s. That's when we were in high school. That's when we were listening to bands like Rat and Van Halen, Motley Crue and Ozzy and all these great bands that are kind of the core audience of the type of bands that the Monsters of Rock Cruise is all about, right? Yeah. (laughs) The age group, it spans the ages. You'll see kids there. You'll see our dads there, right? Uh, But the bulk of the folks are probably between 35 and 55. So it's definitely reliving your youth a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, we're just excited to mix it up with uh, what I would consider our core audience. I mean, the whole reason that you and I get together every week and release an episode that deals with hard rock and metal from these periods of time. And it's not like we just concentrate on that. We also try to turn people on to new hard rock and metal that sounds a lot like something that came straight out of the 80s or 90s. And and so when we get a chance to see these people face to face and hang out with them and talk to them about their experiences and their concerts and their first albums, you know, that just makes for good episodes of the Grown Up Rock podcast. We've done it in a few different situations at different expos and things like that. But being able to do this on a cruise where we're on vacation, but we're mingling with not only rock fans, but bands and different members of bands and all this stuff going on on one boat. I mean, it's just, uh, my head is spinning. I'm so psyched about this. You know what I mean? Yeah. Wait till you see the itinerary when they hand it to you and 
you see the schedule of everything going on and it's just like, oh my God, that's a lot to take in. And the bands, well, they keep adding bands. So I'm like, man, we're not adding days, but we're adding bands. Like, how's that going to work? Yeah, uh, it's just uh, super cool, and it's a fun experience uh, with what sounds like. I've been reading some of the some of the postings on the uh, Facebook pages and stuff like that. It sounds like a really really cool community of people, like a, a serious, you know, just a rock and roll family of people, and that really excites me. Yeah, I don't remember anybody that was rude. You know, there was some crazy folks, and there's a lot of drinking that happens, and. Uh, there wasn't anybody extremely rude at all. And, yeah. you know, you're with these people. They're your family for four or five days. So I don't know if you really want to be rude to somebody. But there's so much going on. It's awesome. Well, I think uh, everybody's there for one common thing, and that's uh, rock and roll. And I think that's what brings us together. And I know, you know, just our experience from the podcast community it's you know it's a lot like that it's uh you know just a family of music fans that are there just to have a good time and uh i support that that's great yeah that's gonna work it's gonna be a blast man yeah so let's explain to people exactly what the idea is of this particular episode and the episodes leading up to the cruise so the idea is is that we're going to be releasing a three-part series of episodes for the Monsters of Rock Cruise for 2019. We're going to release one in December, one in January, and one in the beginning of February, leading up to the cruise in late February. We're going to cover each and every band or artist that is on this cruise throughout those three episodes. There's so many bands and artists, we can't possibly get to them all in one episode. So Sonny and I have split them up. We're going to cover some in this episode. We'll cover some in the next episode, part two. And we'll cover the last lot of them in episode three, leading up to the cruise. Then once Sonny and I go on this cruise, and we are going to be able to talk and record with some of the fine rock and roll fans that are on the boat, hopefully we'll be able to spend a little bit of time and talk to one or two of the artists or bands that are playing on the boat. We're going to come back and we're going to give you a recap of everything that took place on the boat in March because the cruise takes place in late February. It'll be early March when we release that final episode. Does that sound about right there, Sonny? Yeah, and there's uh, like 50 or so bands and individuals that we can talk about. So we basically split it in half. And uh, we're going to talk about a few every episode, just like you said. So we should be able to cover everybody. Now, whether we get in deep or play music from everybody, first of all, not everybody has music available. So that's going to be tough to begin with. Yeah, we don't quite have uh, enough time to play music from every last artist, but we'll definitely cover some of the favorites, some of the cool artists out there. And like we tell people that listen to our show, you won't find the hits here. Uh, we don't feel like we need to play that same hit from whatever band you know it is. I don't think uh, we need to play Modern Day Cowboy from Tesla one more time. I mean, it's a fantastic song, but we would rather dig deeper into the catalog and play something that maybe people aren't as familiar with. And so if you're going on the cruise 
and you've got one or two favorites that you're going on the cruise for, but you're not completely aware of some of the other bands that are playing, this is the show for you. And we'll dig out some tunes that maybe you can check out or turn you on to some albums that we think you should check out. So that's definitely what this is all about. You know what I mean? Yeah, there's some uh, interesting stuff out there. You're going to hear some of it on this episode. Absolutely. So anything else that we want to cover before we start digging into this episode one? Did we talk about like giveaways and stuff? Yeah, so that's a great point. No, we need to talk about that. So Sonny and I will be on the cruise, like we said. We'll be giving away stuff throughout the cruise. We'll have all kinds of swag stickers we'll have guitar picks we even got an allotment of shirts t-shirts that will be given out so if you see one of us walking around we have a grown-up rock t-shirt on you know by all means hit us up tell us you listen to the grown-up rock podcast and you would love to support the podcast and we will give you a t-shirt if we have them available so by all means hit us up let us know the earlier you get to us in the cruise the more likelier we are to have a t-shirt that we can give you if not we'll have stickers and pics that we can give you for sure and hey you might end up on the podcast so don't be worried if we just want to record your grown-up rock story which could be your first concert or your first album that you purchased Uh, Whatever your situation is, maybe you had a fantastic time with one of the rock and rollers that are on the boat and you can tell us a little bit about that. But that's what we'll be doing while we're on the cruise that five days and we'll be rocking and rolling right alongside you at some of the concerts. Well, hell, all the concerts for that matter. We'll get into that as well. That cover, do you want to add anything to that there, Sonny? No, that works. I got a feeling... We're not going to be at the same concerts (laughs) because we're going to have to pick and choose. And there's going to be some bands that I probably don't care about. And I'm sure there's some on the other side that you probably don't care about. Uh, I think we both said that we were going to be at some concerts together and other concerts, probably not. But that's all good, man. That's what it's all about. We don't have to hold each other's hands for five days, bro. Uh, Yeah, I got my wife for that. That's why I'm bringing her exactly and i got my wife too and she's there for the exact same reason so there you go cool all right let's get into this everyone's got a rock and roll story to tell and we want to hear yours so go to our website at growinguprock.com that's one word g-r-o-w-i-n-u-p-r-o-c-k.com or visit us on our facebook page at growing up rock and tell us all about it It's time for the Crank It Up New Music Spotlight. All right, so the Crank It Up New Music Spotlight. So we figured that we would start this whole thing off with maybe one of the lesser known bands on the cruise. And for that, I actually turned to a friend to learn a little bit more about the band Brighton Rock. I knew they were a Canadian band, but I didn't know a whole lot else about them. So what did I do? I hit up my Canadian geek friend, Rich the Meister, and I said, hey, Rich, 
Rich has a podcast. He's an avid Monsters of Rock cruiser. And so probably a lot of you folks know Rich the Meister out there in Monsters of Rock cruise land. And he will be with us again on this cruise. And I said, hey, Rich, give me some of your favorite Brighton Rock tunes. And he gave me a list of tunes. And from that list, I picked one that I absolutely love. I went and downloaded a few of the records because I wanted to check them out and get a little bit more familiar with them before the cruise. But Brighton Rock was formed in 1982 by Greg Frazier and bassist Stevie Skeebs. They put out three or four records. They started in 86 with Young, Wild, and Free. And the song that I am going to play is a song from an album called Love Machine. Love Machine. Sonny, you like Love Machine? <laughs> uh, I like Love Machine, but let's talk about the song afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're going to play a song off that. This one was picked especially for us from Rich the Meister Dylan. This is a song called Bulletproof from Love Machine. <laughs>
Yeah, this whole Monsters of Rock thing is going to be interesting, and I think I'm going to end up making some enemies by the time we get to the fourth episode because there's just some bands I don't get, and I try, but I, I sometimes just don't get them, and honestly, this is one of them. Like, I've tried them before. They were all right. I listened to this song today. I really like the last note he hit. <laughs> if the, if that's, it's a cool guitar riff, but besides that, I don't really like Brighton Rock. Not for you. I, just not for you. Huh? You know, it's not. Yeah, it's just not for everybody. And I think that's part of what happens with this cruise is you got so many bands, and it's like okay. And I think I've said this before on some other episode, but my whole point of going on the cruise is if I like more than half the bands, I'm in. Yeah. But if I don't, I'm out yeah. because. I want to have fun too. And I want to listen to what I want to listen to. And I don't want to have to sit through a bunch of bands I don't want to hear. Right. So, but this is one of those guys that, you know, if, if I happen to catch them because there's nobody else to catch, I'll catch them, but they might lose out. Yeah. You know, there's nothing wrong with that. I think it's kind of crazy to think that, Hey, you're going to love every last artist on the boat. There's over 45 bands playing and just because i like hard rock and metal doesn't mean i like every last one of them but brighton rock you know i love this song bulletproof from love machine i like a lot of the songs i've heard do i like every last thing i've heard no and i haven't spent a ton of time with everything but i hope to be able to catch this band and I hope to be able to spend a little bit more time getting familiar with them because, I mean, you know, at the end of the day, any band that's been around for as long as Brighton Rock and has survived the 80s and 90s and even if they've broken up and put it back together, you know, I think that that's worthy of at least my attention. So that's what it's all about. And Crank It Up New Music Spotlight is kind of trying to showcase some bands that maybe haven't gotten a lot of exposure beforehand. Uh, there's no reason to put a band like, say, Tesla on Crank It Up New Music Spotlight. Everybody knows who Tesla is. So that's the story there. All right. So talking about Tesla, your first pick is? <laughs> so one of the bands that I'm excited to see and always excited to see, no matter how many times I see them, and I've seen them a lot in the last two or three years, is Tesla. Tesla is one of the, I guess you would consider them one of the headlining bands of this whole cruise, right? Uh, they are the headliner. Like I, I kind of looked at it as a, there's a top four mm -hmm. and then there's the rest of the bands. Yeah. And they are definitely one of the top four, no doubt. They've done other Monsters of Rock cruises. This isn't their first rodeo, so to speak. So they've been on other Monsters of Rock cruises they're out there touring nonstop. I'm excited to hear the new album because there's been a lot of talk about the new record and how Phil Collin produced it. And I have a feeling it's going to be a sleek record and how that's going to work for Tesla's sound. I don't know, but I'll be interested to hear it for sure. Uh, yeah. When's that coming out? Uh, you know, I want to say that it's coming out in like January or February, if I'm not mistaken. So I think it'll be out before the cruise, but I don't know how much time we'll have to spend with the new record before the cruise, you know? Yeah, that's cool. That, that'll be definitely something to check out. I would imagine that we're going to get some of the tunes from the record on the cruise. So that'll be cool. Uh, interested because they've got so much stuff, so much catalog. 
Uh, I saw them most recently on the Sticks tour, Sticks and Joan Jet, and they had a really, really good set. Threw in a couple of deeper tracks, which I always appreciate the deeper tracks. And speaking of deeper tracks, I'm going to play one now for you guys from the album Bust a Nut, which is probably one of the lesser known records, I would think, from Tesla. It's not. You know, it's not the big three, as I like to refer to it. But Busta Nut had some really good stuff on it. But the tune I'm going to play for you guys now is a little rocker that I like to call Action Talks. Check it out. Yeah, why? You got something to say. Action talk. 
Yeah, that's a cool song. Now, it's interesting this came on a later record because I can imagine in record company hell in 88, 89, they come up to some A&R guy and says, yeah, we have this song called Action Talks, Bullshit Walks, <laughs> and to get laughed out of the room. You know what I mean? But they make it work, though. I like the song. Yeah, I like the song. It gets me going. I put this on a run mix once in a while when I'm on a go for a jog or whatever. It's just a, it's a good tune, and it, you know, I consider it a deeper track off the record. So there you go. All right, so my first pick is a band called Pink Cream 69. Now, I'm very curious about these guys because I've never seen them live. And, you know, both Stephen and I, we took the list of the 50 or so entertainers, artists that are going to be on the ship, and we were like, okay, must see, kind of interested, who cares? And uh, this is in my kind of interested column. I didn't know a ton about Pink Cream 69, so German band, been around 31 years, 12 studio albums, two live albums. Not everything's available for purchase, so I had to go stream some of the stuff, which you know I hate doing. It's one of those bands that have been successful in Europe and other countries, but the U.S. hasn't seen much of them. Only seven band members in the band's history, and currently five in the band. So they haven't had a lot of changes. They had a major change in 94 where a guy named Dennis Reedman joined as the vocalist and then their drummer changed out in 2012 and that's really the only two changes they've had. With the singer change, the melodies and the songwriting of the first three albums are different but they're also the 80s. So by the time you get to the mid-90s when their fourth album starts and the new singer, then it sounds completely different, right? And honestly, I like the second singer better. So... This is one of their newer song off a 2017's release called Headstrong. Check this song out. It's called We Bow to None.
right. So Pink Cream 69 is actually on my sort of must-see list because this is a band that popped up on my Spotify playlist and said, hey, check these guys out. And this song that Sonny just played, We Bow to None, is actually the song that popped up and piqued my interest. I heard this song. I was like, oh, I'm in. So I went down and checked out some more of the band stuff on Spotify. And I was like, oh, I'm totally digging this. So when I saw that they were on this cruise, I was, you know, I won't say this is the reason I'm on the cruise because that's not the case. But definitely this is one of those I would consider smaller bands that I said, hey, you know, this is a big bonus for me to be able to see a band like Pink Cream 69 because I'm almost 100% sure that I'm never going to see Pink Cream 69 in the States. It's just it's just not going to happen, doubtfully. You know, so I'm psyched about seeing Pink Cream 69 on the boat. And another great thing about these Monsters of Rock crews, uh, and you'll hear later on in other episodes about that, because there's a couple other bands on there where it's like some of the bands from Europe, they're never going to play the States. The only way that they're going to play is on these Monsters of Rock crews. So being able to see one or two of those bands that I don't think I'm ever going to have a chance to see any other way is just bonus gold for me. Rock and roll gold, baby. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's, uh, there's other things too, and you just don't know this yet, and it all comes last minute. But there's a bunch of magical moments that happen on the ship because you got friends that cross pollinate from other bands and they'll go to a bar and say, Hey, Hey, at nine o'clock, so-and-so and so-and-so is just going to play acoustic. If you want to go check them out, and they'll add them last minute. And in this case, the bass player, Dennis Ward sings on Gus G's latest album. He was the singer for Gus G's latest album and Gus G's on the ship. So that means when Gus G plays, most likely you get a part of pink cream 69 that plays with them. So those are things you will never see anywhere else. That's awesome. Yeah, I'm totally psyched about that, man. I mean, just being able to sit down and share a strip of bacon with Frank Hannon from Tesla. I mean, good God. (laughs) The cruise I was on in 2015, I think it was Damon Johnson that kind of put it together. He He was looking at everybody that was on the ship going, wait a second, we have a bunch of ex Alice Cooper members here. We just don't have Alice Cooper. But we got guitarists, we got drummers, we've got bass players, got everything we need. So Damon Johnson did the vocals and they did like this offshoot in a bar where they did all Alice Cooper songs unrehearsed. It sounded absolutely amazing. Yeah. You know, this is going to be a little bit sacrilegious, dude. And you brought it up, so I'll just talk about it. You know how earlier you were talking about not everybody loves everything and sometimes you just don't get things. You remember that earlier? That's kind of how I am with Alice Cooper. I know a lot of people that love Cooper. And believe me, the man has all the respect in the world from me. But And I, and there are some of his stuff I, I like. But I don't, you know, the show is cool. I get that part of it. Like the, the spectacle is awesome. But musically, and he's got the best musicians in the world. I would never take anything away from the people that have come out of that band. But musically, I just don't get some of his records. <laughs> and so I, I just don't, I don't love Alice Cooper music. 
Yeah, there's some of the 70s stuff that I don't quite get. Uh, the 80s Alice Cooper, I absolutely love. The 90s stuff, I'm pretty good with. Some of the 2000s stuff, I'm not totally into. So it's hit and miss for me. It's not just hits, though. Yeah. But uh, when he got like very concept record, kind of, yeah. that's when he kind of lost me. So it's hit and miss. Yeah, and I hated to take us off track because Alice Cooper's not on the boat, but you know, I just you mentioned it, so I thought it was worthwhile just kind of throwing that out there. Never mind, let me get back to the boat. <laughs> so, so the next, the one of the next bands that's going to be on this boat is another one of those European bands that every once in a while they'll play the states uh but again it's not a band that you had the opportunity to see real often in the states and they were definitely a grown-up rock band for me so that leads me into the next band that's on the boat a band called saxon saxon obviously was a huge part of the new wave of british heavy metal they were synonymous with iron maiden and Motorhead and Def Leppard and Judas Priest and all those bands from Britain that came out in the early 80s. Saxon was part of the spearhead of that whole thing and definitely a part of my growing up rock years. I absolutely love Saxon. And they just consistently keep putting out rock records that kick ass. Sonny, my partner in crime, not so much a huge Saxon fan. In fact, I'm guessing that this is going to be one of those bands that if Sonny's not doing anything else and the breakfast buffet is closed, he might check out Saxon. But otherwise, I'm going to be at Saxon with Rich Dillon by myself, probably. That about right, Sonny? Uh, yeah. Okay. So in lieu of that, what I decided to do is go back to the mid-80s and pick a song off of Innocent Is No Excuse, which I consider had a few kind of more melodic metal tunes for Saxon on this record. A really good solid record, but there's a couple of more melodic kind of hard rock tunes as opposed to just straight up Saxon British metal. Uh, and so I selected this song called Back on the Streets Again just for my partner, Sonny. So maybe he'll dig this tune. I don't know. Either way, here's a little Saxon for you.
So I listened to this song today. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, that's not the Saxon I remember. So maybe I missed out because it's been a while since I've heard any Saxon. And I'm like, well, maybe my ears were fined because I'm like, wow, I don't remember like the singer being so good and the big backing vocals and this is melodic. I'm like, wow. So I go to YouTube and I find Innocence is no excuse to full album and I hit play. And I literally did not like any other song on that album. I'm like, fucking Steve tricked me. <laughs> <laughs> but I picked the one that Sonny liked. You yes. picked the only one I would have listened to. Mission accomplished. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> God damn it. I'm going to drag you to Saxon, you bastard. <laughs> <laughs> I like their logo. Does that help? No, it doesn't help. You spit in the face of British heavy metal everywhere. (laughs) (laughs) I told you, there's going to be some people not happy with me. Uh, It's all good. But anyway, that was a song for Sonny. I like that song. I like the record. Not my favorite Saxon record by far, but definitely kick ass. And uh, so there you go. Looking forward to seeing Saxon on the boat. For people that aren't as familiar with Saxon, my personal favorites, I would tell you to go back to the beginning. Check out Denim and Leather and Strong Arm of the Law. Those are the two most classic Saxon records. Uh, and then they kind of get heavier as time goes on. So if you're into the heavier stuff called Arms and the latest one, Thunderbolt, check them out. All good shit. There you go. On to you, buddy boy. All right. So my next pick is a guy named Brian Howe. And if that name sounds familiar to you, He was the guy that replaced Paul Rogers in Bad Company. Now, we talk about in Growing Up Rock all the time is where did we come into music? Well, I came in in mid-84, late-84, so my Bad Company always had Brian Howe in it. I didn't know there was a Paul Rogers, right? So the first Bad Company I hear, I'm hearing this other guy, and I heard Paul Rogers' Bad Company later on, probably three, four years later. And honestly, I like Paul Rogers better. Don't get me wrong. In my opinion, he's the better singer. But Brian Howe had the sound you needed for the 80s. He had a more polished vocal. It wasn't as gritty. It was better for radio. They were writing more melodic songs. So you pick up Bad Company that's Bad Company in 76, and you pick up Bad Company that's in 86, and honestly, it's a different sound, right? And and they wouldn't have had as many hits if it wasn't for that melodic sound. So basically, Brian had done one album with Ted Nugent called Penetrator in 84, and Bad Company's looking for a singer, so they pick him up. He ends up doing four albums with him. He's done three solo albums. His solo albums are more like adult contemporary than rock. And uh, if you remember his Bad Company stuff, it was definitely more commercial, right? But it wasn't really adult contemporary. Brian's just released a new single in 2017. It's called Hot Tin Roof. It's more rock sounding, which is pretty cool. And man, his vocal, I don't know if it's vocal magic in the studio, but he sounds great still. But I'm going to go with a deeper track off of 1990s Holy Water. It's called Dead of the Night. Check this out.
So there's a couple of odd men out on this cruise for me, which is just what I meant by that is it's just uh, they're a little bit left of center. They don't which one of these is not like the other. Brian Howe is one of those. So I'm familiar with Brian Howe from Bad Company from that era, just like Sonny said. And I like this song, Dead of the Night. No problem. Dig it. I'm a casual Bad Co fan. I tend to like the Paul Rogers stuff a little bit more than the 80s stuff or the late 80s, 90s stuff. But Brian Howe, a little bit of the odd man out, and we'll talk about him a little bit later on. Pat Travers is another one of those that's kind of like, okay, that's a little bit odd. You know, you got Tesla and Tom Kiefer and Saxon, and then you have Pat Travers and Brian Howe. So just, I don't know, just a little bit off for me with those two artists on this cruise but hey classic for sure i guess yeah and brian howe and pat travers have a little bit of history so i'm sure they'll be on stage together also yeah but do you see what i'm saying don't you agree aren't those two guys on this cruise a little left of center uh you could say the same thing about one of the other guys i'm gonna talk about you know i think there's this gritty rock that kind of centers the whole cruise there's this stuff that goes extreme sleaze, and then there's this stuff that almost goes extreme singer-songwriter. It's You get all kind of three veins. It's all still guitar-driven rock mostly. Like the Mike Tramps of the world, they'll go and do like an acoustic set, right? He's not going to get up there. At least he didn't last time. He didn't get up there, plug in, and play like White Lion songs. Uh, at least I don't remember it. Maybe I missed it. But you'll see a little bit of all of that. But, you know, at least it's not like, you know, Humperdinck and like too short and you got Tesla in the middle. It's not that far off, but, but it is, it's not all the same track, if that makes sense. Yeah. And I totally agree with you. Like Mike Tramp's probably doing the exact same thing as Kipwinger is on this cruise where they're just doing acoustic shit and that's fine. I mean, Kipwinger's acoustic set, you and I checked him out earlier this year. It's amazing. So that fits right in, especially if they're like doing something in the, atrium of the ship or you know a coffee bar of the ship or whatever it is so that fits right in i love it you know it's cool yeah makes sense all right so samantha tell these people a little bit about our podcast please please make sure you subscribe to our podcast growing up rock and leave us a review on itunes give us a like and leave us a comment on facebook at Growing Up Rock. All right, so if you're digging what you're hearing, just like Samantha said, go subscribe to our podcast. Make sure you don't miss any of the other series of these Monsters of Rock discussions that we're going to have. Maybe we'll even have a guest or two on the upcoming episodes, but this is the first of three leading into the cruise, and then we will finish up with the fourth and final recap of our cruise adventure so next up for me one of the bands that i selected to discuss is another canadian act killer dwarves from canada killer dwarves is a band that i'm a little bit more familiar with as opposed to bright rock so killer dwarves i've been into for quite some time i got into them when they first came out because i'd read something in a magazine about them which is often how I learned a lot about bands. And uh, these guys were formed in late 81 in Ontario, Canada. And, 
you know, a lot of the magazines and some of the people, they kind of grouped them in to, uh, for a long time, I thought they were kind of a British band, but they're not, they weren't from Britain at all. They were Canadians. So a lot of times they might've gotten lumped into like the new wave of British heavy metal bands and things like that. But that just wasn't the case. They were from Ontario or in, uh, you know, their stage shows were legendary. So I'm looking forward to seeing them live because I've never seen them live. Uh, so this is really exciting for me to be able to see the Killer Dwarves. And so I have quite a few of their records. If you're not familiar with Killer Dwarves, I would tell you to kind of start at the beginning with them too. Uh, maybe Dirty Weapons, something that like that. But I'm going to play one off of Method to the Madness. This is a rocker called Hard Luck Town.
I literally know nothing about Killer Dwarves, yeah. so I heard this song for the first time today. Loved it. Yeah. So I obviously need to check Killer Dwarves out. Yeah, they're just a great straight-ahead rock band. Their their spiel or their gimmick at the beginning of all this was was they were literally all short guys, and so hence the name Killer Dwarves. But their records are pretty straight-ahead. There's a lot of melody in there, just really good, solid, hard rock band. And, you know, the guy's got a little bit of a high-pitched voice, but uh, doesn't bother me any. Uh, so check out the killer doors. Like I said, go, go back to the beginning, start with the beginning, maybe dirty weapons, good place to start. Method to madness is a great record. They've got several records out. They just released a live album called no guff and they just signed to, um, EMP records, which is, uh, Dave Ellison's, uh, label. And so I'm hoping they'll maybe put some new stuff out on that label. So go check them out. Killer Dwarves looking super forward to seeing them live on the ship. I'm going to definitely make it a point to try and catch those guys. All right. My next one is definitely the most AOR that we're going to get today. And it's a guy named Mitch Malloy. So uh, he's known for a few solo hits. There was a couple of solo hits in the early 90s. Anything at all. Nobody wins in this war. Both were kind of ballads. He's known for this Van Halen audition, which is a little weird because he never got the job, so I don't know. And everybody calls him like the best, the guy that has the best looking hair in rock. So I don't think a lot of people know a lot about Mitch. I don't. He's recently joined Great White, which is cool, replacing Terry Luce, uh, who, depending on who you believe, was fired via the internet. Um, they fired a guy supposedly that was in the hospital before him, so who knows what Great White's doing, but whatever. Um, but come to find out, Mitch Malloy's released eight or nine studio albums since 92. And uh, I went to go check out his latest release, which is called Making Noise. And come to find out, he played all the instruments, DYI guy, pretty talented. I had no idea. So I was like, all right, let me pick the most like radio-friendly song off this thing. He's got a couple of harder rockers. This is more of a mid-tempo song. So check this out. It's called Life Has Just Begun.
this tune um mitch malloy is probably another one of those individuals that we mentioned earlier kind of which one's not like the others type situation and maybe mitch can um sit down at uh lunch with uh terry Luz from xyz and they can discuss uh great white and uh see you know who was making more money and who was uh had the better situation i don't know uh what went on <laughs> what went on there but mitch malloy kind of a weird fit for great white in my opinion i haven't actually seen it live it's just when i heard he got the gig i was kind of like okay that's a little weird but then again i was sort of like that with terry lou as well so i don't know uh maybe it's just me and that could quite possibly be the case because uh, you know i'm just kind of quirky that way what can i tell you but i dig this tune good tune i don't know that mitch malloy would be my style for everything because i like a little bit of a harder edge and i don't know that he has a hard enough edge uh, but definitely best hair and best teeth and rock and roll for sure yeah i'm interested to see if he does any great white songs on the ship you know that song you hear a little dean castronovo in his voice there's a little journey kind of sound in there. So it's interesting what Great White's doing, though. They went from a gritty rock voice that had a little blues in it to a completely blues-type voice with Terry to this, like, AOR guy 
that doesn't have a lot of blues in his voice. So it'll be interesting to see how it changes the landscape at Great White. You know, if memory serves me correctly, I want to go back to the late 80s, early 90s with Mitch Malloy. I think I went to an album release party put on by the record company with this new artist that RCA had just signed called Mitch Malloy. Uh, And I think I may have even taken a picture with the guy and met him. But that album, of course, never really went on to do anything. And uh, that was just kind of the wrong timing for, for him. But I seem to recall that in my uh, go-to-record company parties just so I could drink free phase of my life. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> All right, to, so to one of your favorites. So moving on to one of my favorites that been around forever, I think they're actually probably a Monsters of Rock cruise favorite because they play a lot of these Monsters of Rock crews. The boards always light up uh, with these guys, and so I think that they're well-liked by the cruisers. And that is a band called Black and Blue. So my history with Black and Blue, I've talked about it on the show many a times. It goes way, way, way back to when they were on a, a compilation Metal Massacre tape Uh, with Chains Around Heaven. That's how far back my history with Black and Blue goes. So I was a fan from the beginning and was just into all their stuff, loved all their records. But I'm going to play one of their more recent tunes, and this is from their latest release, which at this point now is several years old. Uh, But this is off a record called Hell Yeah, and this is a song called Hail Hail.
also one of those magical Monsters of Rock Cruise moments. I'm sitting at the roulette table, and next to me is Kip Winger, and we're playing roulette. And Black and Blue was playing in the auditorium right next to us. And so Black and Blue gets done. The you know All the people come out. And then a few minutes later, here comes Jamie, drenched in sweat. The only guy I've seen sweat more than that was Tom Kiefer and walks right by us. And I go, oh, I probably should have sat and saw Black and Blue, but I just kept playing roulette. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm definitely looking forward to seeing Black and Blue. They will will be on my must-see list at some point. I've seen them once before. I saw the original band back in the late 80s they were on tour with i want to say it was ingve and somebody else but i can't remember and you know i i love them i i like their songs just good solid hard rock uh so that's my experience i'm looking forward to seeing them so there you go black and blue yeah, and that song was definitely harder than the Black and Blue I remember. So yeah, they uh, definitely a little bit heavier, newer production. Uh, if you're not familiar with Black and Blue or you're not a fan, I would go and tell you to check out the first Black and Blue record, and then maybe something like Nasty Nasty or In Heat. I think are both solid records. Of course, there's the Gene Simmons connection with both those records, but I love both those records. Without Love is a good record as well. I like all their records, but if you got to start somewhere, I would tell you to go back and start with the original Black and Blue that has Chains Around Heaven, uh, Hold On to 18, School of Hard Knocks, Wicked Bitch, all great tunes. So there you go. All right. So on to my uh, last pick in the main round here. And uh, again, I will create some uh, hate. If you want to send me an email, just send it to hollywoodsucks at gmail.com. Queen's right. So one of the big four on the ship. Awesome every time I've seen them live. And I'm confident this time be no different. But honestly, I love what Queen's right has become. They definitely seem to be more guitar-driven versus that prog rock opera thing that didn't always quite connect with me. And I love Todd LaTorre. So for all those guys that want Jeff Tate back, I don't. I'm happy with Todd. I think he's doing a great job, and just like Warrant, it's one of the best replacement singers, in my opinion, that has worked out. And he's been the lead singer now for six years, so I don't think it's changing. They're about to release their third album with Todd called The Verdict. That first song, A Man, The Machine, is out there already. You should give it a listen. But I actually chose one of my favorites off of 2015's Condition Human. It's called Guardian. And man, Todd hit some amazing notes in this song. Take a listen.
Yep. Great song. Great record. That whole record is great. And I'm a Queensryche purist, but I got to tell you, more and more, I think the consensus amongst Queensryche fans, for the most part, really is kind of falling in the same ballpark that Sonny is in. Now, I got no problem with what Queensryche accomplished with Jeff Tate. You're never going to get me to tell you I don't like those records, especially the early ones, the ones that created the legacy, whether that's Empire or Rage for Order or, of course, the classic Operation Mind Crime, The Warning. I mean, these are great records, no doubt about it. But the latest records from Todd LaTorre as the singer have been really, really solid records. And this song, Guardian, as far as I'm concerned, this song, Guardian, falls somewhere in between like Rage for Order and Operation Mind Crime. I mean, that's that's the sound. It, it would fit in between those two albums. No problem for me. Yeah, I, I thought it had that classic sound too. And, you know, where we kind of differ is the minute Mind Crime shows up, that's like the last album that I can listen to that was a Jeff Tate album. After that, I, they kind of lost me. And it's just, you know, it's the, it's the prog piece of it that I don't always get, but, you know, I don't have to get it, right? But there's some parts of Queensryche I love, but the Todd stuff is absolutely outstanding. Wait, so you're saying that you didn't like Empire? I loved Empire. Oh, okay. Well, you said you said after Mind Crime you checked out. I thought Mind Crime was. No, no. Isn't Mind Crime after Empire? No, Mind Crime's before Empire. Okay, so uh, uh, Empire is actually my favorite record. Yeah. So. So I guess it's after Empire I checked out. Yeah. So the cl- the classic records for me. I mean, Warning was actually a little bit of a disappointment after the EP. Warning was a little bit of a disappointment for me. I didn't think it was produced all that great. But as the years went on, I grew to like it. Uh, I always like Take Hold of the Flame. Amazing song. But I grew to like that after the years. But the three records for me that made me a diehard fan were Rage for Order, Operation Mind Crime, and Empire. I mean, those three records, that that's my trilogy of records right there. Those three records in that order. I love those records. So... That was it for me, but they put out an Operation Mind Crime 2, but I don't think that's what you're referring to, but the order of records was Rage for Order, Operation Mind Crime, and then uh, uh, Empire. Yeah, no, you're right. I, I had it backwards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, Empire is actually my favorite Queensryche album. Yeah, I, I thought so. That's why I was like, I, I was like, that was kind of a weird statement because I always thought that Empire was, was your uh, favorite record. Awesome. All right. We can't play music from all the bands that are going to be on this cruise, but we got a few more bands that we want to talk about in this first part of this uh, series, right? Yeah, we, we've got like four each that we kind of want to bring up. We'll do this in every episode. We'll probably play three or four, talk about three or four, just so you get a taste of everybody that's going to be on the ship. Yeah, that's it. So one of the bands that's going to be on the cruise that I think is another kind of favorite of these cruises is Faster Pussycat. I've seen Faster Pussycat a number of times. If you're not a huge fan of Faster Pussycat, I would tell you to check out uh, Wait Me When It's Over. I mean, that's my favorite uh, Faster Pussycat record. 
of course, you can check out the debut. That's always a classic. But those records are the ones to check out. I mean, I don't know. I really like those records, but I don't necessarily think the band is awesome live. And basically, it's just Tame Me Down now as the as the original guy in the band. Uh, and that's it. So I don't know. Uh, I, one of those bands that I'll probably check out if nothing else is going on. But that's pretty much where I lie with Faster Pussycat. How about you? I'm in the same boat. The last cruise, they got off the ship and they played at the private island we stopped at. And I stayed on the ship and watched Honeymoon Suite, Lita Ford, and Frank Hannon. I'm like, oh, I'm not getting off the ship to watch Faster Pussycat. <laughs> so I'm in the same boat. I just, I, I was never into them that much anyway. All right, what you got next? All right, the first band I wanted to talk about is uh, Disneyland After Dark, D-A-D. So um, a Danish band, been around since 82. I honestly don't know a ton about them. They've got 11 studio albums, and their biggest U.S. song was that uh, song called Sleeping My Day Away. It was off their third album. It was called No Fuel Left for the Pilgrims, and it's actually the only album I have in my iTunes. I remember I got the album because I liked the song, but then I never really listened to the album again because none of the other stuff really hit it for me. And then I remember Alan Tate talked about them on uh, their podcast, Ages of Rock. And I'm like, maybe I should give it another try. So I went and listened to the album again. Yeah, still a problem. The only song I like is Sleeping My Day Away. There's something about their – they're okay, but there's just something about the vocals and melody just don't connect with me. Um, so I, this is a band that I most likely won't see. Yeah, gotcha. All right, so next up, Bullet Boys. I'm a huge original Bullet Boys fan. Uh, And when I talk about the original Bullet Boys, I'm talking about the debut record. I'm talking about Freak Show. I liked Freak Show. I know a lot of people didn't like Freak Show. I like Freak Show. It doesn't compare to the first record, but the first record, Freak Show. I even like some stuff off Zaza. But then they kind of evolved into really sort of a completely different band. And listen, some of the stuff they're putting out now is really good. I just don't necessarily consider it Bullet Boys. I treat it as almost a different band with Mark still singing. And Mark's a talented guy. He's a great performer. He still hits all the notes. I saw them recently. They did a lot of the old Bullet Boys stuff, and he sounds great. Uh, So I would never take anything away from Mark Torian. He's a talented dude. Uh, Sounds great. Love the Bullet Boys. But the new stuff, and there is some good stuff in this new stuff they're putting out. It's just different. It's completely different. It's almost rock alternative to a point. Elefante and then the newest record from Out of the Skies both have some really good stuff on it. It's just different, and I'll leave it at that. But if you're going on the cruise and you're interested in seeing Bullet Boys, I think you're going to get a really, really healthy dose of the first uh, record and probably some of Freak Show. So I would tell you, uh, if you're unfamiliar with Bolt Boys, go start with the first record. It's absolutely their best record, hands down, front to back, perfect record in my opinion. Yeah, I'm with you. That uh, first record is a desert island type record for me. You know, the new stuff, just like you said, it's alternative. It's almost got like a punk feel to it. Like ever since Mark's been kind of writing, well, he's always written everything, but ever since he doesn't really have a filter, 
it's gotten very attitude, punk, a little faster, yeah. but not as melodic. But that first record's untouchable, no doubt. Well, and he still does some ballady stuff that's really, really melodic on the new the new series of stuff. But so here's the interesting thing. I'm gonna let you talk a little bit about it, but uh, we got Mark Torian and the Bullet Boys moniker on this ship, and I'm sure that they're going to be doing some stuff from the latest Bullet Boys record. But when I saw them, they covered one or two things off the latest Bullet Boys or latest couple Bullet Boys record, but the majority of everything else came off that first record and some off a of freak show. There's another band on the boat, which essentially is all three surviving members of the Bullet Boys minus Mark. Tell us a little bit about lies, deceit, and treachery there, Sonny. Yeah, so there's, uh, I think we're going to hear the Bullet Boys' first album twice. <laughs> I think Lies, Deceit, and Treachery are going to say, look, listen to this with Andrew Freeman because this sounds great. And I think Torian's going to say, look, listen to this, how great it sounds without those other three because I'm the guy, right? So I think you're going to, there's going to be some drama. I hope these guys are on opposite ends of the ship. I'm interested in seeing Andrew front this band because. I actually like Andrew Freeman. Anything that I've heard Andrew Freeman do has been good. And, you know, if I'm lies, deceit, and treachery, or I'm sweet on those guys, I'm not going to go out there with some chump that can't handle it because I'll look bad, right? So I got a feeling that lies, deceit, and treachery is probably going to win this battle of the first Bullet Boys album, but we'll see. Yeah, and I mean, Lies, Deceit, and Treachery uh, has Mick Sweeta on guitar, which Mick was in King Cobra originally, and so uh, I like Mick's guitar playing quite a bit. And Andrew Friedman, if you're not familiar with him, he's also the lead singer in Last in Line, which is uh, the record with Vivian Campbell where they kind of do, you know, Dio-esque type music uh the first album they put out was really good in my opinion they're about to release a new one as well uh so i'm interested in seeing andrew friedman live andrew also takes part in the raiding the rock vault thing out there in vegas so you know good solid singer i'm looking forward to seeing lies deceit and treachery in fact they might be one of the bands that are on my uh need to see list because i'm just that curious about it so we'll see yeah, I would say Bullet Boys and Lies, Deceit, and Treachery are both on my need-to-see list. Yeah, and since I just saw Bullet Boys, they're probably not on my need-to-see list, but oh, okay. definitely Lies, Deceit, and Treachery. And hey, Bullet Boys, I would see, you know, if nothing else going on for sure. But they might lose out if I have to compete with somebody else, so we'll see. So on to a couple of the shredders. Uh, this cruise is going to be featuring a series of shredders, and two of the shredders on this cruise are Joel Holkstra, which is part of Trans-Siberian Orchestra, also the other guitar player in Whitesnake, as well as he was in Night Ranger for a while. So we did an interview with Joel shoot several months ago go back in our catalog you'll see interview with joel hulkster joel's a super awesome dude and an amazing guitar player so i'm looking forward to maybe catching up with joel and seeing a little bit of his set also neil zaza now neil zaza i don't know a whole lot about neil zaza and i don't think a lot of people do 
But here's what I can tell you about Neil Zaza. I have an actual personal contact relationship with Neil that neither I can barely remember and he sure as hell is not going to remember. But way back in the early 80s when I moved to Atlanta, I worked for a music distributor. They distributed Hamer Guitars. And Hamer Guitars was the guitar of choice that sponsored one young, new, up-and-coming shredder named Neil Zaza. I think he was 19 years old at the time. And Neil was in town to do a guitar clinic at our distributor. So my job was to go pick Neil up at his hotel, bring him over to the uh, warehouse, and have him do his guitar clinic. So I did that. So that was my contact with Neil Zaza. Uh, We didn't stay in contact with each other, but he was a nice enough guy. Uh, And maybe I'll get to share that story with him on the boat, which will be interesting. But yeah, he was an amazing player when he was 19. And that was, what, 25, 35 years ago. So I can only imagine what kind of a player he is today. So that's my story with who Neil Zaza is. Yeah, I don't know much about Zaza at all. But Holkstra, he's got a history with a lot of these folks on the ship. So I got a feeling you're going to see him pop in and out of several stages where he just jumps on with somebody. Yeah, and somebody was telling me that he he does like a, a morning brunch set or something at 10 a.m. I, I don't know what that's about, but I guess that's part of his regular duties on the Monsters of Rock cruise. Yeah, he wasn't I don't think he was on the 2015 ship now now that I recall. But I'm not positive. I don't think so though. So going from two more instrumental type players to two straight up sleaze rock bands and that is Tough and Vain. So let's talk about Tough for a second. Been around since 85 from Phoenix. They were in the LA scene. Stevie Rochelle's been doing a bunch of stuff. He's got I think he's part of Metal Sludge, I think. I think that's his site. Yeah. Stevie's got over 20 albums worth of stuff out there. I had a no idea. Billy Morris is in this band, the guy that was in Warrant, the guy who just released uh, Billy Morris and the Sunset Strip. Yep. So Billy's in the band currently. I saw these guys back-to-back nights in 91 open for Lita Ford at two clubs. And I remember watching them going, God, I really don't like this. And I never listened to them again. So... There was something about Tough. I don't know if it was 91 and I was into different things, but they just never connected with me. And I never gave it a chance again. And I've never heard another Tough song. So I probably at least deserve, I should go listen to some Tough, I guess. Vane is the same deal. I know there's tons of people into Vane. And they're a San Francisco band. And I saw them countless times in the clubs. I have no idea why people are into this band. I never got it. I don't understand. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to go put on their classic album, No Respect, because there is something I'm missing because several people have told me that they really like Vane. So I go put on No Respect about a week ago. Yeah, that didn't change my mind. Still don't like them. So I don't know what it is with these two bands, but I cannot connect. Yeah, I you know, I would say that for me, uh, Vane probably fits that description for me. It's one of those bands that I'm not sure why I don't like them, but they just never really connected with me. Tough, 
there's actually some tough stuff that I like and I've and I've streamed some of the more recent stuff that's out there and there's some good stuff. Would I consider myself a huge fan? Absolutely not. But do I think that there's some stuff that deserves a second, a third, or a fourth listen? Yes, absolutely. So maybe go visit some of their other stuff, Sonny, uh, and maybe you'll get a better appreciation for it. That kind of worked with me. So tough, you know, uh, as long as they're not competing with somebody that I really, really want to see, I'll check them out. Yeah, so that's uh, that's a nice little episode. Talked about a bunch of bands that are going to be on the ship. Uh, obviously, we've got a bunch more to cover in future episodes, so it should be good. Yeah, absolutely. So we're just like each and every one of you guys out there, right? We got our favorites. We got some fans that we really love. We got some bands we're looking forward. We're going to cover everybody on these three parts leading up to the cruise. So whether we like them or we don't like them, we're going to cover them. We're going to give our two cents. Uh, Hopefully you guys will enjoy the coverage and enjoy the listen. And hopefully we'll meet you on the cruise and become friends and maybe get you guys on the podcast, hear your growing up rock stories, et cetera, et cetera. But uh, check out our podcast. We release a new episode every week. It's hard rock and metal themed. Uh, we do interviews with various people or we pick a theme out of there and go for it. But part of the show is that we do a historic moment at the end of each and every episode, just about each and every episode. And even though kiss isn't part of the monsters of rock cruise, they have their own cruise going on. They are part of this episode. So take it away. You wanted the best, and you got the best. The hottest band in the world. Kiss. It's time for your historic moment on Growing Up Rock. All right. So, as we all know, everything starts with Kiss. So there is a band called Metalachi. They just got, they got added to the ship a while ago. Uh, They do mariachi metal. So you're probably wondering what the hell is mariachi metal. (laughs) So close your eyes, think about what a mariachi band sounds like and metal it up. And that's what you got, Metalachi. On stage, you see sombreros, trumpets, acoustic guitars, Violins, face paint, leather pants, bandanas, all kinds of stuff. They gig constantly, primarily west of the Mississippi. They got three albums available for purchase. They basically do cover songs of rock and metal. Uh, So to give you an idea of some of the songs they've done. Symphony of Destruction, Here I Go Again, Ace of Spades, Hot for Teacher, Cemetery Gates, Caught in the Mosh, Breaking the Law, Bohemian Rhapsody, Holy Diver, Thunderstruck, Separate Ways, More Than Words, Rainbow in the Dark. Man in the Box, Sweet Child of Mine, Run to the Hills. So obviously they are rock and metal fans. But the song I'm going to play for you is Kiss's Anthem. So check this out, Hesse, rock and roll all night, party every day.
right. So of all the bands that I'm super excited to see, the Saxons, the Black and Blues, the Queensrikes, the Teslas, all these bands, I got to tell you, I think this is going to be fun. I can totally 100% see myself drinking a nice glass of red wine, sitting by the pool and checking these dudes out. How much fun is that going to be, bro? I mean, that, that that says good time to me. It says vacation, it says good time, and it says rock and roll all in one helping. It's going to be unbelievable. Like the trumpets in that song, <laughs> and then they change the lyrics at the end, right? I want to make some guacamole. You know, they don't, they don't care. And it's awesome. And I can't believe they have songs available for purchase. <laughs> Dude, I bought all three albums. They are so fun. I went and looked them up on YouTube and watched a YouTube video. They played like a three-song set on some TV show or something. I don't remember what it was. But, you know, I it just I couldn't knock the smile off my face. You know, originally when I saw this was added, I was kind of like, well, shit, I'd rather they add, you know, freaking Van Halen <laughs> or something, you know, something stupid. I was like, you know, I'd rather they add this. But I think this is going to be a really cool, really fun addition and uh, sort of different but fun at the same time. So I'm 100% looking forward to just putting on the flip-flops, the swimsuit, uh, sipping a glass of red wine by the pool, and hopefully these guys will be uh, playing on the pool stage uh, underneath the sun. Yeah, I'm going to, because I know Nicole doesn't usually listen to our episodes, so if you're listening, babe, I love you. If she's not listening, I'm going to play a little joke on her because I'm not going to tell her what Medellachi is all about because there was a time we were house-sitting for her mom, and we're dead asleep, and the alarm clock goes off, and you know, radio station starts playing, and it was mariachi music. <laughs> and we have made fun of us coming out of this dead sleep <laughs> on this mariachi music. So anytime it comes up, we start laughing. So I'm not going to tell her what mariachi is about and just laugh as I see her expression on her face. <laughs> well, dude, if she listened to the episode, she's going to know what mariachi is about now. I know, I know. <laughs> I love you, babe. And my wife listens to all the episodes. She gives me pointers from it which I appreciate. Love you, baby. Yeah, feedback's a gift. You can't return. <laughs> I never lick a gift horse in the mouth. <laughs> hey, so to people that are new to our podcast, another part of our podcast that's pretty normal, just like the historic moment, is at the end of each and every episode, we pick a song to play us out. And so... The way that we do that is Sonny and I will take our phones, which nowadays everybody has their music on their phones. Sonny and I are the same. And we will shuffle, rattle, and roll our music, which means that basically we pull up our playlist, we hit shuffle, and whatever song comes up, and it could be anything. could be anything from Prince to Country to old R&B to... Metalachi, who knows? I don't know. You don't know. But whatever comes up and plays, that's what plays us out. So I believe that it might be my turn to shuffle, rattle, and roll us out of here. Is that correct, Mr. Uh, Hollywood? Uh, that is correct. So we'll, we will be getting a ballad. So enjoy, people. Yeah, you're definitely not going to be getting a ballad from me. But who knows? You might. I don't know. I got some Ed Sharon on here. 
<laughs> we'll see what we get. But anyway, uh, this has been part one of the three-part Monsters of Rock 2019 series. We hope you guys enjoyed it. We hope you share it with everybody else on the Monsters of Rock cruise uh, boards, social boards, etc., etc. Hopefully, they'll appreciate this. So, once again, Grown Up Rock is looking forward to spending five wonderful days on a big old cruise ship with all the fans and all the bands. That's it. Till next episode, keep checking us out each and every week. See you later. Get ready to shuffle, rattle, and roll. Play us out, boys. It's not the ending Maybe it's my new beginning Cause I don't know what I was saying I don't know Who is looking in my mirror Thought he knew things so much clearer But I don't know what I was saying I don't know Please forgive me If I ever said to you That I knew what you should do Cause I don't know what I was saying It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. 
That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. Fantasy Points.